I'm gonna start recording on that. Walking up the stairs. It's okay, I was out of breath too from walking up the stairs. Alright, let's check our levels here. Okay. Hello. Hi, how hey, are you? I'm, I'm good, how are you? <laughs> oh, you're looking good, Rye. Thank you. Thanks so much. Welcome, everybody, to the Family Crime Cast, a podcast hosted by myself, Mariah Honaker. And, and I. And my dad. I'm Bob Honaker. Bob Honaker. Thanks for joining me, Dad. Oh, always a pleasure, Ryan, to be with you. Aw, that's so sweet. Uh, are you excited to be starting a podcast? Yeah, well, you know, it was like a year ago, I didn't even know what a podcast was. And now uh, we're doing a podcast. Um, we sure are. And I'm doing it with my daughter. Yeah, and I think, you know, we were just having a conversation prior to this about the state of the world and what everybody's going through and... You know how it's kind of depressing. A lot of people are depressing myself. I feel like I'm in a funk. There's like this cloud over my head. But what do we have to be grateful for? And one of those things is I'm grateful to have this time with you and be able to start this podcast that I've been trying to get off the ground for probably about a year now, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, with uh, this you know tremendous thing that we have going on right now in the world, it's actually given us some time to refocused on other things in our lives and so you came up with this great idea and I think uh, I'm going to be a helpful part of it and uh, we're going to get this going family crime cast the family crime cast so I guess some background on what this podcast is going to be about and what we wanted to do was release this little intro episode introduce ourselves and introduce what we're going to be doing on this and the focus of this is true crime it's been something that I've been passionate about. Um, I've just been interested in it for a very, very long time. And that very much so stemmed from growing up with you as my father. Um, You know, it wasn't, I don't think everybody has the upbringing where their dad's getting called out in the middle of the night to go look at a dead body or a crime scene or the phone's ringing off the hook with news reporters calling, begging to speak with you about a case that just broke. So, um, I guess just to jump right into it, let's just talk about what you have done for a living and, um, yeah. Well, I think, um, my first thought of becoming a lawyer, uh, when actually I was a little kid, I was probably eight or nine years old and, and, uh, watched the movie To Kill a Mockingbird and, uh, the character Atticus Finch, played by Gregory Peck, had a lasting impression upon me. And so, you know, through the years growing up, uh, I always, in the back of my mind, wanted to become a lawyer. And then uh, when I graduated from college, took some time off and was working for my dad, and uh, I was leveling stone in a basement and working construction, and kind of was February, my birthday, and really didn't think that maybe this is what I should be doing. Right. And uh, so I was dating this uh, lovely girl at the time, and I came back. We're supposed to go out that night and said, uh, you know, I really don't know if I want to do this. And she said, well, what do you really want to do? And I said, well, I, I, I really want to be a lawyer. And so she said, let's do it. And 
that's what happened. We applied to all law schools. I went into law school, and I think what got my fascination about criminal law was uh, after my second year of law school, I got an internship with the Delaware County District Attorney's Office in Media, PA, and it was a great summer job. It was, you know, I went to my first autopsy, went to crime scenes. Is it weird that I would love to go to an autopsy? Like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> like, I would just love to go to an autopsy. Like, that does not gross me out at all. I don't know what that is about me. Yeah, well, that probably, probably that's a little bit of me because I was never really uh, grossed out or taken aback. Actually, I kind of looked at it as as part of gathering evidence. Right. And... Uh, but yeah, probably that comes from me that you 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 like this true crime stuff and listen, autopsies are a part, part of any type of homicide case. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a very important aspect. So I, I got to see my first one. What was your first one? It was uh, a woman who had uh, been out uh, walking, I think she was walking her dog and she was randomly attacked and murdered. Oh my god. Um and so wow i always think walking with my dog i am perfectly safe i'm like no one's gonna mess with a girl who has a dog that is absolutely terrifying and uh but in this case unfortunately for this woman uh she was killed and and the prosecutors wanted to determine how she was killed Mm -hmm. and uh so the autopsy determined that and i think ultimately was determined that she was strangled and uh, and that was only determined through the medical examiner conducting the autopsy right Um, and then I wanted to be a a trial attorney Mm -hmm. and the best way to become a trial attorney was to try cases and where do you try cases at a district attorney or in a prosecutor. Right. <laughs> yeah, you go to court, but you but you have to have opportunities to do it. Right. And, you know, prosecutors have hundreds of cases. And when I first started, uh, I applied to all of the prosecutor's offices in New Jersey and mm-hmm. uh, some in Pennsylvania because I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. And I uh, got a job at the Monmouth County Prosecutor's Office as, right. a, as a law clerk. And you were there for, I mean, you gradually, you know, went down the line of being law clerk to, uh, what's the next? Well, I went from law clerk, clerk to assistant prosecutor. Okay. And started in the juvenile unit. Right. And then I had a variety of jobs. I was fortunate that uh, I had a great boss, mm-hmm. John Kay, who was the Monmouth County Prosecutor. And uh, originally hired by Al Lair, also a great boss. Okay. So I had two great uh, bosses. And mentors, right? And mentors, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, two very different people, but two very, both very good prosecutors. And so I was able to, um, through John Kay, be promoted uh, through the ranks. I was head of the child abuse task force Mm -hmm. uh, in the office. Then I became director of the environmental crimes task force and one of our episodes will talk about uh, environmental crime absolutely and uh, then I became second assistant prosecutor where I was in charge of all of the attorneys who were in the position of supervisors for investigative divisions Mm -hmm. narcotics child abuse white collar homicide so I was the supervisor of all those attorneys just a couple of things just a couple light topics to be in charge of and being in charge of that you know 
one of my responsibilities was to go out just about on every homicide mm -hmm. that happened. So uh, multiple homicides during the course of my career. And then in 2000, I was pr promoted to first assistant prosecutor, mm -hmm. where essentially that person runs the day-to-day -day operations. Right. Everything from making sure you have enough legal pads to making sure that your, your attorneys are in court when they're supposed to be in court. Right. And, and then at that point, after you spent, how, how long were you first assistant prosecutor for? I was for, for five years. And then retired after that? Yeah, retired after, became, for a short period of time, I became acting prosecutor. Right. Uh, for uh, a short period of time, transitioning between two prosecutors. And then I retired in 2006 and then became a criminal defense attorney. Right, and, which is what you currently are now. Which so I guess I have a question is that, I mean, not everybody goes through the route of being prosecutor first. I think that's like a really interesting dynamic, right? You were prosecutor for 25 plus years. And when you were prosecutor, I remember people would say, like, what does your dad do for a living? And I'm like, he puts the bad guys in jail. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what he does for yeah. a living. Yeah. Um, and now that you're a criminal defense attorney, it's like he keeps the good guys out of jail, right? right. <laughs> like, well, it's kind of well, interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. Well, my friends on the prosecutor side said when I left the office that I had gone to the dark side. Mm -hmm. uh, prosecutors uh, in, in many cases don't have a, a great deal of empathy for defense attorneys. A hundred percent. I mean, and, it's understandable. Oh, yeah. So I it, don't know if I have a lot of empathy for defense attorneys and you're my dad. <laughs> I know. Well, now I'm one, but my yeah. defense attorney's friends say um, that I finally saw the light. Mm. So we have a... a an interesting dynamic. Like your wallet certainly saw the light, so I think yeah, that helps a little bit. It, it does. It As does. a public servant, our public servants aren't paid enough by any means. Listen, to be perfectly honest, most public servants are not in it for the money. They're in it because they feel this commitment to public service. And listen, I loved my 25 years as a prosecutor, um, but I, I tell most people that what I've done is I put it in a little box, tied it mm -hmm. with a bow, put it up on a shelf, and then moved on to the defense attorney side. Yeah. But I think there is an old adage that once a prosecutor, always a prosecutor. You have that in the in 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 your heart and soul. I like uh, that. And uh, so that still stays with me. Well, I mean, it's and, also great experience. Like you get to be on that side of things, right? So now, as a criminal defense attorney. You know what they're going to try to do. You know how they're going to play it. You know the moves. You know what I mean? So, Well, being around a lot of investigations from the initial uh, aspects of the investigation uh, taught me a lot about how detectives handle uh, crime scenes, handle witnesses, how to follow up on leads. So as that now translated to the defense attorney, I know what they do. I know how they do it. Mm -hmm. And if they do it right, you know, then that's what they're supposed to do. But if they make mistakes or take shortcuts, then I make sure I point that out right. to a jury or to... Because it's sloppy. And, right. you know. and, and, you know, as a defense attorney, you're, you're representing your client. Everyone deserves to be represented. Absolutely. And uh, one of your primary responsibilities is to make sure that the prosecutor does their job. And when I was a prosecutor... I, I let everyone know that I did not want anybody knowing more than me. Mm -hmm. Didn't want any witnesses, didn't want any police officers, mm -hmm. because I always thought that would be a disadvantage 
to me as a prosecutor. Absolutely. And the same thing is true for a defense attorney. Yeah. You have to know everything. Everything. No secrets. No secrets. And if you do, then you can handle most things. Absolutely. So did, did I tell you I brought you a little what? something? What did you bring? <laughs> I brought you a little pork roll and egg and a bagel. Oh, no, you didn't. Yes, yeah, so a little, little New Jersey My special favorite. for you. My favorite. I, I thought you'd enjoy that. From Bagel Masters, I presume? Yes. One of your favorite Shout places. Shout out to, to the it. best bagels in the Jersey Shore. Yes, Shrewsbury, and, New Jersey, Bagel Masters. If uh, you're a local in the area, please support small businesses. They're open right now. How was the process for picking it up? Very good. Uh, Darren does a nice job out there, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and you'll enjoy that bagel. I sure will. There's nothing that makes me happier than so, food. So that's how I got started, and uh, so I spent 25 years there, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, now we're here to do this podcast. I know. So basically, why we wanted to do this introduction episode was just so you could get to know us, get to know my dad, kind of his background a little bit, and what the podcast is really going to be about. And we're going to be featuring a lot of your cases, your expertise, and a lot of your high-profile cases. Some specifically that I remember is the Craigslist killer or the prom mom. I mean, just really, to me, fascinating stories. And our first episode is actually going to be featuring your first high-profile case, uh, which took place at Asbury Park and involved a pastor. Um, it's, you know, not a light, fun story. It's it's pretty rough, not going to lie. Um, so what went down there? So in, in that particular case, it, it was my hu- first high-profile case. It was gained a lot of lo- local attention as well as statewide attention in New Jersey. Involved a pastor, a longtime pastor, of a church in Asbury Park, and he was accused of molesting four young girls uh, in his parish, uh, young ages from nine to 14 years of age. And uh, what was interesting, interesting dynamic about the case is that the congregation was solidly split into two different factions. One faction who completely supported uh, the pastor and believed that he could do no wrong, and the other faction who believed the young girls and what was done to them, and in fact thought that this pastor was the the devil. So you had to deal with that dynamic, and mm-hmm. you know the press covering the case, asking questions, wanting to get in-depth knowledge about the case, but also dealing with uh, people who really were in support of the prosecution of this pastor, mm-hmm. and then dealing with people who thought you were doing the very wrong thing right. in, in going after a man of the cloth. Uh, somebody people are so serious about religion. I mean, they're like, you know, how could this this man who leads us to worship every day possibly be capable of doing this? And the matter of fact is that there's a lot of people, as we've come to know, right. who, and, who take advantage of yeah, that power. And that, and that was a big factor in the case that he held this position of trust. Mm-hmm. And and you'll see as we talk about this a little more, how I use that in shaping my theory of the case and how he was able to do what he had, mm-hmm. had done. And another interesting aspect of the case, my adversary was the dean of criminal attorneys mm-hmm. uh, in, in Monmouth County, maybe in the state of New Jersey. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic, how to deal with someone who 
has a reputation of being the best of the best. Right. Wow. Sounds really interesting. I can't wait to hear more about it. And uh, we'll be featuring that on our first episode. We'll keep you updated on our Instagram page. Family Crimecast is our Instagram handle. So please check that page. Follow us. Uh, We'll be posting all the updates when our first episode is going to publish. If you have any questions regarding this case, any other cases my dad has worked on, um, feel free to email familycrimecast at gmail.com. Um, or if you just have any legal questions, I don't know, you want some free legal advice, uh, we're here to share. I mean, I don't know anything, but you're the expert. Well, well you can give the free legal advice. I'll give the free legal <laughs> advice. Uh, don't drink and drive. That's my legal advice. Um, yeah, and please subscribe and share if you can. We don't really know what we're doing here. This is our first recorded episode. But if there's any support you can lend by following us, subscribing, please do so. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. I love you too, Dad. The Family Crime Cast is produced by myself and my mom, Kim Roberts Honaker. Special thanks to Ryan Rickenbach for creating an original song for the podcast. You can find more original music by Ryan on his Spotify under Ryan Rickenbach. Thank you to Danielle Pham, who created a digital family crime crest, which is the logo for the podcast.